Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Fran Lebowitz who said cheese that is compelled by law to append the word food to its title does not go well with red wine or fruit. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. What a show we have lined up for you. Instant pizza, fabulous topping ideas no matter what you put them on. We have a pizza wine. My food buddies are here, Robin Doyen Aiken, Chris Prosperi, and Alex Province, and you as you listen to the show. Hey, everybody. Oh, this is the fun part. We're going to get right to the action. I had another one of my wild ideas. Late at night, I have to add (laughs) my phone went beep (laughs) oh it's faith (laughs) so so here was the thought we all like our beer ice cold or at least chris and i do alex are you the same icy 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 cold like my martinis same same here we're all the same so we normally put the beer in the freezer just before we drink it you can't always do that and you and i have been known to put an ice cube in it well absolutely people sort of look at us funny so here's the thought that was in my head why can't we make beer ice cubes with that so of course i get on (laughs) that's the text I i think who's awake I know Chris is away, and he's an engineer. He's going to know the answer to this. So we're going to tell you what happens. In fact, we're going to do this right now. Alex has the bottle in hand, and by the way, yes, just to prove it, by the way, here's what we did. We poured beer into an ice cube tray. Chris did yeah, this a normal, A normal household ice cube tray, 16 cubes. And the funniest part is it fit a perfect 12-ounce beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like so, it was made for it. <laughs> so here, here we have it. And so I'm going to just twist the tray. Yeah. These cubes are frozen solid, so... In goes one. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, yeah. In oh, goes like another. It. Oh, so. <laughs> You're going to put three I'm in gonna there. I'm going to put three in yeah. there. But really, I think two would do. They freeze solid, so that's fantastic. And then, Alex, you're going to give us this beer. <laughs> By the way, we thought, let's try a gluten-free beer. We've talked to you about the Spanish company and a couple of others. This is now the best gluten-free beer, I think, at least that I know of, on the market. It's New Belgium you could say gluttony or gluttony. And it's crafted to remove gluten. It is golden ale. It's fabulous. You would not know if I didn't tell you that this was gluten-free. It's a gorgeous Belgian ale. So So we've got these beer ice cubes in the glass. Alex, let me pass that over to you. Pour that in so we can see how this How this works. We love our sound effects on the show. Okay, that's good. That's the perfect beer. Look at the look at that. Look at the head on that too. So the head plus we have the cubes in here. 
is this great? We're going to mm. post this. We've got a video of this. Our buddy, Nolan Rich, from the media department at Quinnipiac University, joined us on the show, helped us with some production assistance. He's shot this video for us of us trying this. So thank you, Nolan. And let's take a sip. Ice cold mm. beer. It works. It right. is so fabulous. Good. And you noticed another like plus from making these, and that's because you're freezing something that's carbonated. It doesn't freeze so rock solid mm. that you could actually take these cubes and take a fork and sort of shave it. Beer shaving. Yeah. So in Hawaii, shave ice. Yeah. Those shaved ice drinks in Hawaii usually have a lot of sugar in them. This is obviously without sugar, but is a fabulous. This is like you could have at the end of your beer. I can see this is going oh, yeah. to last so long, but at the end, you've got beer slush, ice cold. Oh, how, on a hot day? You just want oh. to avoid a headache. That's the yeah. only thing. I love it. This works. Look on Facebook or go to our site. You will see a video of this at foodschmooze.org or on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. Yeah, so you buy a six-pack of beer, you take one beer, and you pour it very gently in the tray, and you throw it in your freezer. When it freezes, pop them all out of there, put them in a freezer bag, and for the rest of the week, you have ice-cold beer. Genius. Really, it's fantastic. And this beer is, whether you are gluten-free or not, is fantastic. New Belgium, we've got that posted on the site, too. Alex has the story on this brewery. New Belgium So New Gluttony. Belgium New Belgium Brewing Company just started when I started college. It's Kim Jordan and her partner who started it. And they were just this little startup company and in, where? In Fort Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins, and, Colorado. And so this summer they finally came out to Connecticut. So they just launched their flagship beer is called Fat Tire, has a really cool old-fashioned bicycle with a big white-walled tire on it. And that one has gluten. Yeah. Mm, that's, a, that's an amber, it's a, yeah. an amber ale. But I this one is now available yeah. in Connecticut, too, this gluten-free. I'm buying it. It's so good. This is the best I've ever had. It's very clean and refreshing tasting, right? It's a yeah. good summer It's my beer. style of beer. Yeah. You know how Belgian ales have an echo after you swallow? Mm. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. That's so beautiful. Still taste it. Yeah. It's so, I don't know what that, Robin, what do you think it is? It's not vanilla. It's like some note that's echoing on my palate. I didn't drink it enough to be able to comment. <laughs> I still, look, I still have my thing here, and I can attest to How the, long? Yes, it's been, I don't know, half an hour maybe that I've had. My ice cube has melted, but my beer is still delicious. Is it cold? Yeah. That's the amazing thing about this. Yes. Did we invent something? Where I did we you invent where, I, It just flew just into my head. just popped in your head. head. You're like, it's hot today. I want a cold beer. Oh, the beer's not in the freezer. And it, also, the, Anthony wasn't here to talk us out of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> But no, seriously, did you just think I want a cold beer? Is that well, I like you, Chris? Yeah. I'll put ice cubes in scotch. I will put ice cubes if I'm not. I don't have access to grabbing the beer straight out of the freezer before yeah. it absolutely Froze. freezes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought, how could we do this? without watering down whatever the thing is. And I thought, wait a minute, has anybody ever made beer ice cubes? Why can't we try that? I didn't know if the alcohol content would keep it from freezing. Do you think we could put it in a blender with some lime juice? That's Make a blender <gasps> yeah. drink out of it? What a great idea. Yeah, this year at the cocktail competition, beer cocktails, right? And yep. there were a couple beer and champagne cocktails. Why not? Alex, I'm that's a great idea. Slurry. So cold. Yes. We're going to take this to the next it. level. 
What's interesting is in Spain and other European countries, they'll cut older people, especially will do a half of beer and then half will be like caseta or like a mm -hmm. club soda. Yeah, sure. But I'm wondering if you wanted to make a lower alcohol version, you still want to drink beer, but instead of using the beer, maybe use um, 7-Up or something and it would dilute it, you know, a little bit, make it refreshing. Chris, what's the Mexican beer? Michelada. Yeah. Oh, what's that oh, one? Oh. So that is tomato. Tomato. Like a V8 type yeah. spicy tomato oh. juice oh. Yeah. and beer. And beer. And, and sometimes they even put clam juice Oh, my juice gosh. In it. Do they? Yeah, it's called clamato juice. Yeah. yeah. That one they'll put in there, too, and that's really so And you can buy that V8. in a can yeah, in Mexican yeah. markets, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so you could freeze the, the V8, V8 or the clamato juice. We could make a, but and a put fresh that in one, there. right? Yeah. Oh, oh, how much gosh. fun is this? Right? We could do a whole, we got to do a beer cocktail. You're, you're thinking, yeah. what, taking fresh tomatoes, putting them in a blender, and then freezing it with like a little, dilute it with a little water? No, I'm no, talking, no, no, we're talking about no. taking a can of I'm tomato thinking, juice. No, of I'm thinking spicy V8 yeah. juice in a can. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Alex, you go ahead I'm going that to blender. your house because yeah. you, you're going to you, do it better. You make that for us. You're doing the artisanal. <laughs> yeah. Faith and Faith was just like, let's just freeze the beer. <laughs> let's just, like, let's get right down to it. Like, all right. So oh. that's the action foodschmooze.org to see the video or on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. We're going to go wall-to-wall -wall pizza on the show. Mm. Later on, we have Lisa Atwood, who's going to be talking to us from her house in Sonoma, and she is editor of the Total Grilling Manual about cooking with fire, whether it's gas or wood or charcoal, and we have all kinds of recipes. You're all making your own dough. But we want to start off by talking about pizza where you don't make your own dough. I'm the king of that. <laughs> I am totally the king of that. Oh, do I? Because, yeah, I, I don't know. Pizza should just be the easiest thing. And it ha whatever you do, it has to, in my mind anyway, it has to beat going to the corner pizza place and spending, like, almost no money and buying a large pie. So do you know what I mean? It has to be that simple. Well, I know that when I get home from a busy day here, I'm not going to stand around on a weeknight and make a pizza. I'm just not going to do it. And so you say, well, you could go to the bakery and ask them for dough or the supermarket and grab some dough. I want to do something even faster than that. So I thought we could have a really good time coming up with ideas of what's the raft <laughs> under these toppings what could we do that's really super fast and fun and delicious and so i i challenged robin and alex and chris so let's start talking about these we've got toppings to talk about and what you're going to use as your raft for those toppings. Right. and you gave me some good ideas but the first one that popped into my head was the english muffin course grew up with that yeah yep. and and it just it goes on the grill so, so you break it apart you know like you're supposed to with a fork yeah and just sort of spin it and then you take it out i didn't even do anything on it i didn't put butter or oil or anything and i just plopped it on the grill i did the cut the you know cut side first and i got that nice and charred and then I flipped it over, and when I flipped it over, I had my toppings ready. I took a little tomato sauce and a little mozzarella <laughs> cheese, and that's it. I just did a tomato mozz, and I put it on there, and I dropped the lid to the grill. And in minutes, How many min a few in minutes, minutes, minutes. No, not even. And the top just heats up, right? Yeah, and then the, because there's nothing to I cook, right? And the and I like mine probably like yours. I like my ch whatever it is. I like it I'm charred. Gonna, I'm gonna like, go even yeah. more. And that was just that I could do. That's on your gas grill. That was on my gas grill because 
I was Quick, lazy. Easy. Yeah, and I did, again, it's really good on uh, charcoal, but yes, easy is best. Robin Julian Aiken, what do you got? Well, uh, today we had a pizza on a tortilla, and I thought that was my idea. That was that was what I do. <laughs> and that was my idea. Yes, yeah, we yeah. make pizza on tortillas all the time. Corn tortilla, flour. flour tortilla, it doesn't matter. If it's round and you can put some sauce and cheese on it, we use it. We are talking about tortillas that you buy in the supermarket, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can get them pretty artisanal, you know, pretty handcrafted. Sometimes I'll go into a Mexican market where they've got some really pretty good ones and I will use those. I like the corn ones because I like the flavor that that gives. Mm -hmm. And my new favorite is, and I put this, I posted this on the site, I call it instant chicken watermelon pizza. Now that Mm. sounds kind of wild, but what you do is you take that tortilla and you brush it with olive oil, corn tortilla on one side, pop it on the grill on the oil side down, and when it gets those golden brown grill marks, you kind of move it off the grill and start adding your toppings. So think about this combination for the top. A little diced jalapeno, some fresh watermelon cubes. You could add those at the last minute if you want. But, uh, diced avocado, some f- chopped fresh cilantro if you like it. Shredded rotisserie chicken. You don't even have to make the chicken. And then crumbled either Mexican cheese or feta and some diced up scallions. You could chop yeah. all these things up when you get home or before you go to work in the morning. And you'd pile it on top and return turn it to the grill, you close the lid for a couple minutes, and you are done. But the must is, you squeeze a little fresh lime juice on that tortilla, and it is great. You want to add corn on that? Go ahead. That's what Robin does. Mm -hmm. Corn and tomatoes, right? Black beans, too, sometimes. Yeah. Good idea. Okay, so there's there's instant pizza, the tortilla that we all like. Alex, what do you have? So I thought the challenge was at first just any kind of pizza dough. So I was thinking I had leftover sandwich bread. So mm. I went into the you know our appliance drawer and I found the panini maker and I'm like, oh well, that's a no brainer. White bread, you know, you can make a little pizza pocket. And then I was thinking, I bet <laughs> I could use my waffle oven to just put white bread in and then toast it quickly and then I have my base. You mean the waffle iron? The waffle iron to make, you know, like the pizza crust. And then from that, you could, you know, make the pizza. Wait, tell me how you did it. Well, I was thinking you would just take the white bread and then you would overlap it to make, you know, fill the whole... A waffle iron. Yep. Yeah, and now you have your base. And like you four t- slices? or yep. Yep. yep, And you toast it, and now you have all the nooks and crannies to hold the p- pizza sauce. Great so And then it's an yeah. instant it's Oh, genius. my God, it's that's genius. fantastic. But then I thought, okay, Wait, the rules have to be grill. has to be grilled. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, there, there goes that idea. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I didn't. I think that's the best idea of the it's day. The best <laughs> idea yeah. ever. The only rule was it had to be pizza. Yeah. A yeah. waffle iron could be considered a griddle. It did until I put it on the grill and the cord melted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then what did you do? So you, you take it out of the waffle and iron. And now you have it's a got base. And so you could yeah. put your favorite pizza sauce and some yeah. mozzarella, some black yeah. olives, and, you know, bacon or whatever. What I ended up doing to fit the criteria of the... Of the uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then does that, go on a tra- <laughs> does that go on a tray and then in the oven to warm yeah. up the, the topping? Oven or you could do the grill, yeah. you know, whatever. You, I don't so have a gas grill, so a gas grill right. is yeah. quickest because it lights oven. up fast. Toaster oven would be If it's big enough, but if not, right on a sheet pan in the oven or a broiler too 
Oh, yeah, because the, your base is done. You just that have to, is right? you absolutely just have to heat your a phenomenal. And idea. it uses up old bread too. You yep. know, if you mm-hmm. buy a whole loaf and you can't and, finish and it, and not fancy bread, right? We're Who is talking. Not we're their we're bread. talking white. <laughs> we're talking American white bread. Here yeah, to this make is this work hard. because it has no, to be sort so of. This is hearty pliable. white bread. It has to be pliable. Yeah, you right? got it. <laughs> You got it. It's, <laughs> it's got to melt into the Robin, is mold. this a, is this a great... Moldable. This is a great <laughs> injection <project>. mold. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's this blog called Waffleize It. The mm. blogger tries to see if she can make anything a waffle. And this pizza waffle idea is one. If she doesn't have already, she should steal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Else. I just think it's mm. a really fun project for kids. I yeah. really oh, do. Gosh. And so right? and they I got a that up. Of, Ah, uh, yeah. They would yes, eat literally. it off, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So I was wondering about why does the raft, the raft <laughs> for the, for the, the toppings yeah. have to be bread? That's the question I want to raise. Is there things that we could do? We're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side of the break, are there things that we could do where you're not using bread? If somebody can't or doesn't want to or you're paleo or whatever it is, or just, you know, it's your health profile, you want to try something different, let's get into how that would go. I also want to raise the topic of, Chris, I can go one simpler with you. When you said you did English muffin, why can't we do saltines? Why can't we do pizza toppings on saltines? (laughs) Why can't we do on Ritz crackers? Ritz crackers. You know, I don't know why we can't do that. (laughs) Triscuits. They can hold a lot. <laughs> I love Triscuits. Super sturdy. From experience. They have the yes, new super... dill and sea salt that's incredible. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. I can eat them by the box. Smoke salmon pizza for that oh. oh, okay. More mouthwatering conversation and fun. Head on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. I'm trying to keep it Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. You know, we do that theme all the time because we do it for the kids and for kids at heart. That would be <laughs> and me. And for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. I, I want to let you know, as we always say in this segment, that we have a free podcast for you. That means you don't miss a drop of pleasure on the show. You just sign up for it once at our site. You know, it's simple. And then it comes to you. And you can listen to it whenever you want. You can have it on your smartphone, on your iPad, on your whatever your desktop and so if you want to be you're in the car or something and you want to be entertained 
it's right there. And, and it is really easy. It's really so easy. I know people are kind and of just, intimidated yeah. by this. No, like, just, oh. And then I get into the car. It doesn't matter at what time I can listen to it. You can pause it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Chris, Chris gets off work yeah, at I, Metro Beast. And then, my and, phone connects to my car. And he'll say to me, you know, after 10 o'clock at yeah. night, he'll say, oh, that was a good show or this one. And I'll say, huh? It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's Tuesday at 10 p.m. <laughs> okay. So anyway, how do you do that? Um, you just go to Food Schmooze, S-C-H, like School is how you spell schmooze, foodschmooze.org. And also you can discover our delicious curated food wine, events, cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you, so we say stop by often and say hi to us. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken. There we go. Now, we've got a guy here who I call him a bachelor guy, and this is Nolan. This is now the dating show. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about it. So this is Nolan Rich, and he lives in Hamden, Connecticut, and he was helping out on the show today. I really appreciate it. So, Nolan, as we're talking about pizza ideas, throw one at me. What do you got? What do you have? Well, I got two good ones for you. I mean, my that whole segment, my mouth was salivating. I was just like, oh, my God, I need a pizza right now. I mean, you guys are making me hungry just sitting in this room. <laughs> so one of my favorite times to eat is breakfast, of course. I think I can eat an omelet at night. I love night breakfast. You know, pancakes, late night is great. It's fantastic. So I was thinking, one of my favorite foods is omelets. Why couldn't we make a pizza omelet? When you do the omelet and once it's all cooked up, you put a little bit of tomato sauce in there, maybe a little bit of bacon, some onions, some mozzarella cheese, and when you fold it together. So I was thinking a pizza omelet. Uh But since we were also talking about the grill, and I'm being the big grill person that I am, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's called the Juicy Lucy from Minneapolis. It's where they actually bake the cheese within the burger. So what I was thinking is you take two hamburger patties, you put mozzarella cheese and tomato sauce in the middle on one patty, put one flat down, and then you put the other one on top of it. What you do is you pinch the edges around the entire side of it so the cheese and the sauce will bake within the burger. So when you take a bite of that burger... There'll be a nice flow of cheese and sauce. You may put some chopped up bacon, some small yeah, onions say in pepperoni. there. Bachelor some pepperoni. Man. Yeah. You're onto something. No, that's yeah. the pizza burger. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, you, you always hear about pizza burger, and then this is actually this a pizza. Is a burger pizza. <laughs> it, it's, the in, it's the inception pizza within a burger. Yeah. I'm still trying to envision biting this like a double patty and getting it yeah. Does it have bread, too? Yeah, you, yeah it yeah, has bread, you know. So. That's why you get the thin hamburgers. Make sure they're nice and thin. Don't get the too thick ones, yeah. or, you know, you're going to have to, like, break your jaw to yeah, eat it. exactly. Like That's the a good, I like that more than the omelet one, and I like the omelet one. But the burger pizza. Well, the omelet sounds healthy pizza to me. pizza burger. Right. All yeah. protein, That's it. vegetables. Right? It's a man food. You, right? Yeah, and if you want to be fancy or healthy, eat a chicken burger pizza pizza burger. That's a good yeah, idea. I like well, that idea. Okay, so Nolan's reminding me of the... Remember we had this on the site. This is the James Beard. When he would have a cocktail party on the east end of Long Island in East Hampton, he would make a meatloaf thin... Like oh, a half inch this. thick. Remember we did this, Chris? Oh half inch gosh, thick. Yeah. So he pat it down on a round tray, Robin. Uh-huh. He would press it, press it down, and then bake that, you know, pizza. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. a pizza. It was like a pizza dough. Yeah. So he'd bake that meatloaf and put any seasonings he wanted. Then on top of that would go your pizza toppings. Yeah. The idea was to serve it 
cold or room temperature and it in slices wedges. Yeah. into wedges that you could actually pick up with your hands. So this is paleo. This is gluten-free, depending on I which totally you I totally remember making that. It was, remember, it was Yeah, delicious. everyone was standing around the kitchen looking at me like, what's he doing? But yeah, it's, that's, really good. That goes to what you're, right? That's that pizza burger idea. Yeah. Nice. I, like I need to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Repost. It's on our website. <laughs> I have one more, and this goes outside the box to does it have to be pizza dough or anything like that? Can it be something else? So I used my lifeline, and I called a friend. <laughs> <laughs> because when you know sometimes you got to talk this through so i called you know priscilla martel uh -huh. and she's like she's a pretty good home cook right mm -hmm. and what i said was like we were talking gluten-free and she goes why does it have to be a just like what you said why does it have to be a dough why can't it be something else and she suggested polenta mm. great and yeah. i thought that was a great idea because you could make the polenta lay it out in a pan chill it and then take that and put it on the grill or even waffle iron actually you could probably even waffle iron it and then you could use mashed potatoes too I bet. you know yeah. i wonder if the waffle iron would give the polenta a crust Ooh, yeah. that would stand up a little bit i don't know if it would do you could, think yeah can you put some olive oil to make sure that the olive oil sort of soaks in yeah mm. Mm. See, these go all to that side of not being pizza dough. Okay, so what we're talking about on the show, if you're just piling in, as people do every 15 minutes, we're going to get to making your own pizza dough later on in the show. But if you don't want to even use dough, if you want to do faster than that, simple, on a weeknight, how do you do an instant pizza? We've gone as minimalist as saltines and Ritz crackers. <laughs> We've gone to Chris's English muffins on the grill. We've done Alex's white bread, white bread in a waffle iron. We've done Robin's tortilla, and we share that idea. And you gave me one last night, too, which was French bread. And I did that as well. Oh, that's took a French bread. So baguette. Put it right on the grill. Cut it open. Horizontal slice. You've got two pizzas right there. Uh, you could use Italian. You could use French, whatever it is, which is kind of a misnomer. It's all the same dough. <laughs> so you do the same thing on the grill. Pizza topping, you can do it under your broiler, depending on what oh, you want to do. But grilled, it grilled up so nice. It got crispy. You know, that yeah. it was like that. That so was that's for the out of the ones we made. Lover. Yeah, that's out of the ones we made. That was one of my favorites. Okay, so um, now what about this? Because I agree with Priscilla. Why does it have to be this? You know, bread product. What happens if it's vegetable? Can we grill zucchini? You're not going to hold this, but it could be on a plate. Rub it with some olive oil. Grill the zucchini. Cut it a little bit thick. And then pile on your toppings, not necessarily on the grill, though you could, but then top it on Chris's mouthing eggplant. eggplant. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. So now I want to add portobello mushroom. Oh, my God, yes. We once did portobello mushroom mm. pizza on the site. Oh, yeah. They're delicious, and you actually can hold them in your hand. Yeah. Vegetables will work as a raft for your pizza toppings. Yeah. Simple, right? And quick. That's the key. Both of those, That's if you use eggplant, zucchini, or portobello mushrooms, those would go very fast. You'd clean them, cut them, then you'd maybe toss them with a little olive oil and herbs and spices, put them on the grill, get them started, take them off, put your topping on, put them back on, close the lid, done. So you know what we're not talking about is toppings. Robin got the closest by talking about black beans and um, scallions. I guess I talked about the watermelon chicken pizza which is delicious a little cheese and it really is good and you do it on a corn tortilla so what about our toppings my favorite right now Kersabella is a place that I drive home it's a pizza place and they do what I call my salad pizza 
and it's a very simple dough and I think they put a very small amount of tomato sauce if any and then fresh prosciutto sliced and then they put an arugula salad on top with shaved parmesan cheese and I eat it with a knife and fork you know it's like a pizza salad or salad pizza. So speaking pizza. of prosciutto, I was thinking, why do you even need the dough? Why couldn't you just like the same way you weave bacon together to form a, a mat? You could weave prosciutto together to form a mat and then you would put that on a baking sheet so that it gets hard and crispy and then you'd put your stuff on mm. top. Skip the whole dough part. And as long as it's round, it's a pizza. See? Exactly. How about a, how about well, one of those about big... square pizza? Or I was going to say, what about those big ham steaks that you get in the supermarket? Yep. <laughs> Could you make a pineapple pizza with, out of that? With Gruyere? Yeah. Well, you know, the pineapple would work. The pineapple, you know, the, the Hawaiian no, pizza? No, with pie, you could make yeah. it, except with the, without the pizza dough, you <laughs> could just put it on the grilled pizza. If you take a pineapple and instead of cutting it in circles, I just cut the skin off in the top and bottom and then cut around the core. You end up with a big rectangle. Sure. There you go. And could, then ham. Did you do a hot dog pizza? <laughs> wait till you hear what Alex did. Oh, wait, because we didn't do the, the biscuit dough that okay. you buy in the, the refrigerator section, you know, that pop and oh. So Classic. <laughs> we're going to do that in a second. Classic. I just don't want to miss the mm. pizza wine that Alex found for us. Alex is a a wine broker, and um, this is a wine that he represents, and I understand why he does, because it's delicious. And what's the price point on this? About $15? $15. So this is a red that we put in the refrigerator, Mm -hmm. and it is delicious that way. And I don't mean for just a few minutes. We put it in there for- Ice cold. Really cold, and it's great. So this is on our website. We took a picture of the label for you, so you can call ahead to your wine store and say, do you have this? They'll get it for you within 24 hours. But go to foodschmooze.org to find this. It's a Pinot Noir, 2013, La Dauphine Chloe. Perfect. Yeah, so what was neat is I think this will appeal to both people who drink American Pinot Noir and people who drink French Pinot Noir. It's done in two batches. One of the batches is really ripe Pinot Noir, and the other is more sort of um, austere and slightly dry. And then they blend the two together, and it's a third oaked, you know, in French barrel. And so you end up with this just, it's full-bodied, it's rich, it's, you know, not sweet, it's classic Pinot Noir, but for $15, it's really hard to buy a French Pinot Noir for that price. It's grown in the south of France, and they grow it on a mountainside, so that's what allows them to sort of uh, keep its freshness. And, um, you know, it's a pretty name, La Delphine Chloe, but just hard to spell. Don't ask me to spell it. So if, you, if you're going to somebody's house for dinner and you want to bring a wine for them, reds are so, you know, we've been talking about pizza on the grill. I would have this also. It's Pinot Noir with grilled chicken, mm. with vegetables. I don't Salmon. care. It's terrific. So it's the Dauphine, La Dauphine Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, but it's on our website, Fuchimus. And you know how we're always trying to figure out how to uh, incentivize people to open a bottle when you go to their house? If you bring it already cold, already dewy and sort of condensed, mm. condensing on the outside, then, you know, it's sort of implied, hey, this is ready. You know, I've chilled it's it for us. ready to go. And I want to put my vote in for the chilled red wine. It's so oh, it good. It That's so how good. I have it all With summer long. With pizza, it was spot on. I'll have it with anything in yeah. the summer if it's a, if it's a light it's so red. It's so much more refreshing. But well, let's get back to pizza. Yeah, you, yeah. All right. So, I so want to hear Alex, the rest of his topping <laughs> story is, because it was just where man. his mind so goes. Matt tried <laughs> it's on our website, by the way. So once I got the assignment right and then I realized it had to be grilled. So then I'm thinking, all right, back to the drawing board. And then Matt comes home and I explain what I'm going to do. And he tries to talk me out of it every which way. So I'm, I, <laughs> He's I, already I, ordered pizza from the restaurant down the street. So I'm like, you're missing the point. You'll know why. I found. 
found a can of, uh, you know, like Pillsbury biscuit, Southern biscuit stuff in the refrigerator. And, and this was left over from vacation. And I thought it'd be fun on a cold sailboat to make biscuits. And then uh, I had a can of Hormel chili just in the cupboard, you know, in case we have a hurricane. Pre-made chili. Something. No, I love this. So, okay. So I'm thinking, well, if I do cast iron, that'll allow me to put it in the, uh, on, on the, the grill. grill. I only have a wood grill, so it's lump charcoal. And so I'm thinking cast iron, biscuits, chili. And Matt's like, do, do chili and biscuits even go together? I'm like, of, of course, course they do. <laughs> like, it's classic. So then I, I can't find any mozzarella, but I have the four Mexican cheese in a bag. Even and then better. I have sour cream. <laughs> I have fresh cilantro outside. So I take the cast iron. I, I oil it. I build a fire, lump charcoal, I smoke some mesquite, I put the biscuits the? in, and then I'm thinking, I need pepperoni. You could pepper- just use a, I need a pepperoni. grill. Okay, go ahead. I need pepperoni, pepperoni, but I have hot dogs. I have, like, really good, you know, Hormel. Yeah, vacation uh, again. You know, hot dogs. Yeah, so I'm, listen, I, don't, Matt's I like, well, dogs. slice them at an angle, make them pretty. <laughs> You'll see the picture of this on our website. So so first goes the biscuits, and it completely fills the cast iron. Then I put the chili on top, and then I you haven't cooked it yet. Nope. And then I put the uh, sliced hot dogs, and then that goes onto the grill. And the instructions say to cook the biscuits for twenty minutes. So I cook it for ten. Then I take it off, and then I put all the cheese on, and then I put it back, and then all of a sudden the cheese has formed this, you know, like it's melted, and it's crusty on the outside, and it's dripping down the sides. Matt still thinks you're crazy, by the way. He's still at this point. But but did he eat it? So I bring it inside now, and then I take some really sharp cheddar cheese. I put some really fresh sour cream. I put some nice cilantro (laughs) on top, and now all of a sudden Matt starts eating, and he's like, this is actually really good. So he's in love with it. I think you and made nachos. Chili well, hot dog pizza. He invented no, the chili hot dog, chili dog pizza. Matt's chili dog favorite pizza. food group are nachos. You did. You so, invented chili dog pizza. Chili, Alex's chili dog pizza. Available every Wednesday night at Alex's house from now on. Stop by. I suspect it's high in calories, but it was actually very comforting and very fun to eat. And it sort of broke even into a triangle just serendipitously so all right so um if you go <laughs> to our to if you go to our website you will see uh, our idea for freezing beer in an ice cube tray and making beer cubes to put in your mug of beer it's awesome you'll see the gluten-free beer that we think is the best on the market our pizza wine or any red wine for in the refrigerator and all kinds of ideas in this show on the other side of this break we're going to talk with lisa atwood in sonoma who is editor of the Total Grilling Manual. This is for people who want to make their own pizza dough, plus creative s'mores, like you can't believe, and peaches on the grill, all that coming your way. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers and for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week to find our curated recommendations, our streaming videos. We're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. More delicious conversation after this quick break. Stay with us.
We have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More Fuchmoos. This is the Fuchmoose Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you can talk with us on Facebook, too. If you want to talk about your favorite way to do pizza in your yard, we would love to know. We're interested in your topping ideas. Search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. Here we go to Lisa Atwood, who has edited this book, The Total Grilling Manual, 264 Essentials for Cooking with Fire. If you, like me, love to cook over an open fire, what a great thing to do. You can do pizza that way. You can do a million things that way. Let me tell you about Lisa. Lisa Cheney Atwood, as her book says, spent her formative moments in her childhood at the elbow of her father in a halo of charbroil grill heat. Her first grill was a 14-inch Smoky Joe, and then lots and lots of grills after that. She is one of our grill masters. So I want to start. First of all, Lisa, welcome to the Fuchmoos Party. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, we've been going crazy with pizza. We're going to get to your dough recipe for people who want to make their own dough. But I can't resist. We're going to start with dessert, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. We're, we're s'mores people. So we were very interested in your open fire s'mores. This is one of your grilled specialties. So tell us about this recipe. This is not your, your grandmother's <laughs> s'mores. The great thing about this recipe, and actually like lots of recipes in this book, is that it gives everyone their own taste kind of to come to the fore so that you have a lot of different options and you can just put things together the way that you want to but the great thing is ideas so when we're talking s'mores we're thinking you know it starts with a marshmallow and we give you all kinds of ideas on how best to toast it and of course it's all about sort of the low low heat that really builds up that caramelized crust on the marshmallow without making it turn into an inferno can I just jump in? Because that's what happened to us recently. We were, I was okay. at... Um, Fire! I don't think you're alone there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was at, at Marianne Weil and Diane Bratcher's on the North Fork of Long Island. And after dinner, we went outside and sat by a fire. It was a little chill in the air that night. And immediately, I burned my marshmallow. <laughs> we had sticks. We did the whole thing right. And it was just a piece of charcoal briquette by the time I was done. When we were kids, we had a competition on who could do it more perfectly. 
Oh, like the so perfect golden. Too. So, Lisa, you're saying you want to be in the low heat section of the fire. Exactly. The great thing about s'mores is it's perfectly timed for the rest of your meal. So if you're sitting by the campfire having your dinner and it burns down, then it's those coals at the end of your meal that you want to capture. So you put your marshmallow close down low next to the coals, not next to the flame. That's where you're going to get the best heat. Okay, your ideas for the cookies. Of course, everybody knows the graham cracker, but you start to have fun with this. Tell me about some other options. I mean, there's a million different options. My favorite of late is to find a really good, soft, large ginger cookie and then top it with a little smear of lemon curd and then a nicely caramelized toasted marshmallow on top. You squeeze that all together, and it is amazing. Wow. Okay, this is... I can see that. It's like a meringue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's some people, and my kids especially, they really need to have chocolate. So for them, it's about Reese's peanut butter cups. And another thing that we found recently that works really well are those really thin, girdly chocolate squares Some of them have caramel inside, some are minted. If you put that on top of a graham cracker or on top of a chocolate wafer and you put it on the grill rack and just let it get melted and then put a marshmallow on top of that, that's another favorite. So Lisa is giving you ideas here. By the way, we have her s'mores recipe on our site, foodschmooze.org, and information about her book, Total Grilling Manual. So you'll find the recipe there and her ideas. Nutella can be involved. The whole thing is to just use your imagination, have, have fun with your friends or your family. Okay, so let's talk about doing pizza on the grill. For your pizza topping, what do you like to do? What, what's your favorite method? Do you use a stone? We actually are lucky enough to have one of those ceramic, like a Komodo-style grill. Yeah. We've done this on the, our gas grill, too. And the great thing about grilled pizza is that you can get a grill, even a gas grill, much hotter than you're ever going to get your oven. So my regular gas grill will go up to 700 degrees. I could never, obviously, get my oven up to 700 degrees. And with pizza, it's really all about the heat. If you think about a, you know, one of those really nice wood-fired pizza ovens, those things get really hot, but not everyone, obviously, can afford one of those pizza ovens. So the grill is really the next best thing. When we use our, either when we're using our smoker or when we're using our gas grill, we get it really, really hot first. And for a gas grill, that means that I'm preheating for probably 20 minutes before I ever start the process. For our smoker, we have a footed pizza plate that goes on the grill, and then we put a pizza stone on top of that just to kind of give it a little bit of buffer and so we don't burn our crust. And same thing true of the gas grill. We use two pizza stones, and I've just kind of done that by trial and error. Very interesting. I mean, I see that there's raised stones, too, that are on a metal frame, and there's pizza oven boxes you can put on the grill that are completely surrounded inside by kind of a ceramic box where you can slide in the pizza and then there's the kettle grill pizza frame that I've seen in a lot of hardware stores where it's the same thing where it kind of for a kettle grill it'll raise up the top and it kind of captures the heat in there. Do you have a favorite topping of the moment? What's your go-to right now? Shaved broccoli. Nice. 
Yeah. I really like shaved broccoli. I really uh-huh. love radicchio. I like those kinds of vegetables that become sweeter when they're a little bit charred. Uh, and, that's uh, a, yeah, that's a good I mean, one, too. I mean, if you put a little bit of shaved broccoli on there and you get it nice and charred and you put some chili flakes and fresh oh, mozzarella, wow. to me, that's perfection. You know, I think that people are kind of shorting the olive oil. At the end, I love to do an extra top drizzle. Yes. And some sea salt. Even a little brushing around the side. And I like flavored olive oils, too. Not just the roasted garlic, but a little bit of lemon olive oil, some nut oils. I have a harissa oil that makes everything divine. We used actually one that's called pizza oil from a company here in Connecticut. Ariston. Yeah, and it's actually flavored like pizza. It has tomato and basil flavor. Oregano. oregano, It's delicious. It's a great olive oil. And I always put that on top of our pizza. We put that on bad tomatoes, (laughs) by the way. Okay. Um, I've got to come back to dessert with you for a second. Grilled peaches with butter rum sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, that's just great. So Mm. let me just say what's in here. Unsalted butter, brown sugar, a little bit of amber rum, ground cinnamon, a little salt, the peach halves, of course, olive oil or grapeseed oil for brushing on if you want a little vanilla ice cream on top. So how does this come together? With a lot of the fruit that I like to do on the grill, I think the trick is a little bit of sweet glaze or maybe a sweet and vinegary glaze or a sweet and salty glaze, something like that. So with the grilled peaches, the way that this recipe is, is that you take the peach and you kind of dip it in a uh, rum and butter mixture with a little bit of cinnamon. Mm. And then when you put it on the grill, obviously that exterior glaze caramelizes and becomes mm. sweet. Yum. <laughs> yeah, isn't that good? <laughs> and it gets, of course, nice and gushy too, which <laughs> really helps. Yeah, so this is Lisa Atwood. She's edited this book, Total Grilling Manual. These are essentials for cooking with fire, whether you have charcoal or gas or even wood fire. Lots and lots of recipes for throughout the day there's a really fun section about cooking on sticks even skewering a whole fish and putting it over the fire let me come to because we've been talking a lot on the show about not making your own dough just so people don't feel pressured to do that mm-hmm. but you've got a pizza party dough in here and I, I want to talk about that and thank you for letting us put this on the site foodschmooze.org this is for your kind of fun casual gathering so your recipe is lukewarm water, a couple packages of active dry yeast, a little salt, that's key, some olive oil, and all-purpose flour. So this one's not gluten-free, but you can use yeah. einkorn flour if you make it very wet to make a great substitution. But go ahead, tell me about your pizza party dough. This is a pretty basic dough, it really is. But the great thing about the stir recipe is it makes enough dough for a party of about eight. It's really easy to make ahead and it's easy to freeze and bring to room temperature so that it's kind of a a quick remedy for getting a party together. And what we like to do, I live in Sonoma, where outdoor cooking and outdoor pizza parties are a pretty common event. And what we usually do is we just get together a bunch of different toppings and really give people ideas just by what we supply. Everyone will get their own ball of dough, and they roll it out, and we supply the pizza peels, and everyone takes turns on the grill. So what's the address? 
<laughs> Book your flight now. You know, is there property for sale on your street? Is really what I want to. Is that a dreamy description of a party in Sonoma? You know, I'm always watching shows with TV chefs who live in Sonoma. The open air, the picnic table, the long, you know, usually French table that's sitting out in a field. Is it like that where you are? Actually, yes. Oh, oh you're so lucky. <laughs> I know. We're oh. pretty lucky. The great thing about Sonoma, and, you know, it's anywhere, is just outdoor cooking is key. We like to be outside, and that's what's great about grill parties. Let me ask you this. There's usually a designated griller in the family, and through yeah. trial and error, that person gets to be, gets the feel of it. If you're new to it, can you give people courage about starting out, not making a lot of mistakes? What, what would you say? I would say less is more. I mean, and also there are no mistakes. Anything that you do is going to be great. Even if you, you burn something, you know, you take it off. If you find out you don't like an, an ingredient, you try something new the next yeah. time. Experimenting but, is key. Exactly. And, you know, there's different ways of cooking a pizza, too. And mm-hmm. in the book, we have a couple different ones. Some, you know, you can slide your pizza on and flip it over, grill it like a piece of flatbread right on the grill mm-hmm. over direct heat, or you can go the indirect route and put it on a pizza stone. And it really comes down to personal preference. The pizza dough that we give is really a good basic one, and as long as you don't overwork it while you're putting the um, toppings on, you're going to be fine. So explain what you mean by that. Well, pizza dough, like most doughs that are yeast doughs, have gluten. And if you're really kneading it and tossing it in the air and <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff with your pizza dough, it's going to end up getting a little bit tough. Yeah. So and when chewy. I say less is more, that's really comes down to the you know the pizza dough procedure. Whereas if all you do is have your ball of dough and you just pat it out lightly into a round, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to do more than that. So this is where people get intimidated, and they think, well, how do I know? What do I do if they've never done it before? Whether they're making the dough or store-bought dough or you've convinced your pizza shop to give you dough. So, Chris, what would you say in terms of how do you know? The same thing that she's saying. You don't have to worry about it. If you make it too thick, it's still edible. If you make it too thin, you can still eat it. Right. And just go with it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you get at doing it. And then you can start seeing, oh, the last time it was really thick. Maybe I'll pat it out a little bit more. What do you do if you tear it? I just patch it. Right. Patch it. Yeah. Or, I mean, tear can taste good, too. It just gets a little bit more crusty. (laughs) I I think we put too much weight on everything coming out perfect. Life isn't like that. Exactly. I mean, you brush it with a good olive oil. You sprinkle it with some good salt. And you really don't need much more than that. Well, yeah, a few great ingredients on the top and how fabulous. It just tastes delicious because it's been cooked outside and it has the smoke of the and the flavor of the grill, the seasoning that's on the grill grate. And summer is the time, right? Because your best ingredients are available now. Exactly. Well, what a treat, and thank you again for allowing us to uh, put some of your recipes up here. We had a great time uh, with, with your recipes in the book. And by the way, I wish we'd gotten a minute to do the grilled cheese sandwich. 
on even using a stick over a fire. We've talked about cooking with a stick. I know. It's like it's a whole thing. It's just like a whole other thing. We could do a show on cooking with a stick. I, but, oh, this, I like but this idea of doing a grilled cheese sandwich over the fire. charcoal, over the fire, is idea. just a great, great idea. And out of the box, people don't think like that. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show with us. No, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, and we'll see you soon out there. I hope so. Booch moves on the road. Here we go. All right. right, Bye-bye. Lisa Atwood, author of The Total Grilling Manual. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon. And weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Never eat more than you can lift. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.